hey listen don't fast forward through this all right i know that it's the sponsor stuff and i know you guys probably think you're going to fast forward through it but don't don't fast forward through it because we got a special message for you guys please take the time to subscribe to the podcast thank you guys so much for all the support um all you can do really is just share the podcast like let us know how much you enjoy the podcast and share it with your friends it really helps us out and it gets the word out the podcast has grown so much and today's episode is just a showcase of how many people we're really reaching out with the podcast so please go ahead and follow us on instagram follow us on youtube hit subscribe on itunes google play wherever it is that you listen to the podcast please go ahead and subscribe to it and make sure you share it with your friends don't forget to follow Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. Follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ, and you can follow me at Sonder Marketing on Instagram and check out all the behind the scenes of all the photo shoots and video shoots that I get to do with so many amazing Jiu-Jitsu and MMA fighters all around the world. With that being said, this podcast is brought to you by Choke Aloha. Go to chokealoha.com and use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio and get 20% off your entire order you can even pick up the newest shirt that just dropped on the 12th it's super dope it's a nice little galactic design that i that i love and it's out for a limited time so don't wait don't wait until next week go pick it up now because once these prints are done they are done they don't reprint them so go to chocoloha.com use the promo code jujitsu radio let them know we sent you. And then check out jujitsusoapco.com when you want to start feeling, smelling, and looking delicious again. That's where you want to go. Jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio and pick yourself up a few bars of their soap. If you get a bathtub that fits you, unfortunately, I don't because I'm too big, tall wise, not outside wise, you know. Uh, go get yourself a bath bomb, pick them up. Use the promo code JJ Radio and get 10% off. You can even pick up some rub on cologne. Stuff lasts about a good month or two. Even if you use it every day, it's worth it. It smells delicious. And people aren't going to give you weird looks for smelling funky in a bad way. They're going to look at you like, damn, you smelling fun? Okay. All right. So go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Then check out our homies over at Giraffe Choke. For a limited time, when you use the promo code JJRadio at GiraffeChoke.com, you will save 25% off an order of 99 or more, and you'll get free shipping. I mean, you know, the only way that can get better than that is if it's free all around. So 25% off your entire order of 99 or more, and you get free shipping at GiraffeChoke.com. One of the first supporters of the podcast, and we love him, and always got to give him all the support to all of our sponsors. But check out GiraffeChoke.com. And then finally, like I said, it's summertime here. It's still cold up north. Why don't you just come downstairs, come down to Florida, holler at your boys. We'll take you over to Nomad Surf, and you'll get 10% discount. You'll get yourself some board shorts, maybe a surfboard, learn how to surf, get a paddleboard, you know, maybe get some, uh, some uh, snorkeling gear, bring the kids out. We'll have a field day. You know what I mean? We're going to just sit there and hang out by the beach and hang out by one of the most well-known surf shops in the world and a staple in the South Florida surfing community since 1968. But listen, if you can't make it down here, I get it. You know, tough times all around. 
but you can always check out nomadsurf1968.com and check out all the awesome gear that they have and any of the events that they sponsor or they have down here in South Florida. So check them out, nomadsurf1968.com. With that being said, we have a special guest on the podcast today. He reached out to us uh, a couple of months ago, and we've been kind of going back and forth trying to nail down a time to be able to get him on here. Uh, he has a very important message that everyone should pay attention to because even though jiu-jitsu is a relatively safe sport when you drop your ego, there are still some risks involved in a martial art that involves heavy physical contact. So without further ado, here is Chris Martin. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. My name is Alexis, and I'm here with my good friend, as always, Sean Ambrosino. And today we actually have a special guest. Uh, we haven't done a remote in a while, so we're excited to have a, a good friend of ours today. Um, as everyone recalls, was about a month ago, we had a friend, Tom, um, stop by the podcast and talk about his experience with having to cut down Jiu-Jitsu training because of a heart issue a uh, genetic heart issue that he had and kind of find out about and got deeper knowledge about it and obviously his uh, family lineage having the issues with the same problem so he was really worried about it and after we did that podcast uh, chris martin actually reached out to me and was really interested about spreading his message and his experience with dealing with heart issues uh, when it comes to training jujitsu and martial arts so on the line, we have Chris. Chris, pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on today. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. And yeah, absolutely wanted to spread this message. First, first let me say um, uh, I wasn't able to listen to your previous episode, but I definitely will circle back to that. It's on my list. However, um, as far as heart conditions, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother topic of conversation because I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, I've heard some stories of, of some people with some heart issues that had passed away, and I didn't dig too much in detail, and I don't ask questions, but I do know that um, from hearing somebody having to step away a little bit because of the heart issue, uh probably does make a lot of sense um and, and i think more importantly it's just monitoring it figuring out a way to monitor uh that type of uh issue because the the gentleman who passed away here in milwaukee was a very good friend of everybody in the jitsu community he was a a younger uh white belt uh he actually he had just gotten his blue belt when it happened and uh it very sad very very sad and then i also had one of my very good friends and close training partners um, named Joe, who I, who when I was a white belt, he was a blue belt. Um, and then he was a purple belt and I was a blue belt. You know how that goes. So he was smashing me my whole life, you know, good friend of mine. And uh, he passed away from heart issues. 
uh, it wasn't uh-huh. it wasn't on the mats. Um, however, that's a whole nother topic of conversation because when you speak with his widow, um, she will tell you that um, he was not on the mats when he had that because he was kind of taking a break from jujitsu. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know how sometimes jujitsu. You know how sometimes jiu-jitsu gets in the way because we get so obsessed with it and our families kind of push back on it? I mean, everybody knows that story. Um, of course. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what happened with Joe in, in a certain type of way. And uh, that and injuries and, you know, life, just like a lot of stories. But it it took him away from his health, uh, his, his rolling. Um, he was eating and drinking a little bit more. Not a ton or anything like that, but just enough. And... Sure enough, Joe had a heart complication and passed away. So that's that. It really is something that I think uh, there needs to be awareness to. But the, my 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 uh, accident is 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 not heart related. Um, so my accident. Uh, let me just give you a quick background. Um, who I am. I've been rolling jujitsu. I started in two thousand and eight. Um, I I've been one of those con- guys who have been so consistent with it. Uh, that it probably did affect my marriage and that's part of part of the reason I probably did get divorced um, you know one of those guys like I love it I live breathe I train every day as much as I can you know um, and it's been like that for uh, almost 11 years now um, August of 2017 um, I was on the mats uh, training uh, my coach uh, Mark Lehman um, was running the practice and we had our competitive people. <clears throat> it was like a, it was like a noon class. I had not felt right the week prior. Um, kind of felt like allergies. Um, and it was really awkward too, because I, I felt like I had the flu, but I didn't feel like I had the flu. It was like, something's not right, but I'm not like super sick. Like I can still drive around and go here and go there. But yeah, I have a half of my throat was sore, um, so just just one half. And then you know how sometimes, you know, you have a rough practice and your neck muscles are all um, like tight. Yeah. And you know how like you can like push pressure points on the the uh, uh, the muscle, and uh, it kind of relieves the pain and you feel relaxed for a minute. I was kind of trying to do that on my left side. But it wasn't my muscles. It was like underneath my muscles I was kind of pushing around at to see if I could get some relief. And I really couldn't get any relief. Um, So it was a weird type of pain. Anyways, I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe allergies. I thought maybe I had – it was August. So in Wisconsin, we have really bad allergies. I do typically. So it's not not uncommon to get sore throats and not feel well. And that's kind of how I felt, but you know, you know how you know the deal. It doesn't matter how you feel. You go to practice. Your teammates are there. They're waiting for you. You know, your coach is yeah. there. You, this is it's what like we, you you could have a you could have a broken arm, and the coach is still is going to say yeah. like you're going to still show up, I'll, right? I'll, I'll, you know, if I have a broken arm, I'm still going to try to find a way to train. You know, maybe I'm on half guard on my you know right side. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, you 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 try to you try to accommodate. And so an illness, I mean, that's nothing, right? I mean, that's I would rather train with the illness than a broken arm any day of the week. Sure. And so I went into the practice that day, and um, 
we were going hard and I was going with my friend Rob. Rob's, uh, you know, uh, we've been rolling together for quite some time. So he knows me and I know him. And uh, he, he even says to, the, to this day, he goes, man, that day you just didn't feel like, right. Like something was something was off. And it certainly was because I found out um, as we were rolling, you know, probably about like the third round marks like, all right, yeah, Chris, you're going to go with Rob. So we went. Rob just smashed me. I just I just didn't feel right. And then we he's like, Mark's like, okay, who wants to roll again? Like maybe it's like the second or third. He's like, who who's still going, you know? Mm. And so everybody's raising their hand. And, of course, I'm like, I feel like shit, but I'm, I'm going to raise my hand anyway. So I raised my hand and – uh, Chris, go with Rob again. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like, and, are you having a bad day? Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. And uh, that's how I felt. And then, um, the, uh, uh, Rob was working on uh, north south chokes. Um, Layman's really good with that. Um, and uh, before, uh, see, I had roll. I had been rolling with Rob forever, and Rob wasn't hitting. Uh, north south chokes until until our new coach mark came and then it all changed and so he was very confident with 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 his north south so he puts it on me and i was holding the left side of my neck and i was breathing so i'm like oh i'm breathing i'm like i'm good i'm totally good here i'm like just relax he's gonna make his adjustment when he does let's go let's let's, let's try to you know get your frames and move and he did make an adjustment, but he just made it a little bit tighter, and he dropped down, you know, closer, closer to my neck, and I felt it. But I, I still had two hands peeling the left side. So, if this makes any sense, it's like almost like you had a straw coming out of your nostril, and you're kind of breathing through the straw, and you're like, yeah. I'm breathing, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And I was, I felt completely like I could breathe. And then next thing you know, Rob just let go of me just let go. I wasn't sleeping. Absolutely not. Like I was a hundred percent awake. Rob just let go and he stood up and I'm kind of like trying to get up too. And all of a sudden, like I try to get up, like sitting up from my back and I fall back down. And then I'm like, he's like, everybody's like, Oh, he's like, just, just relax, just relax. And he, they even tried picking up my legs and I'm like staring right at him. I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm, not, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not asleep. Like but I couldn't move. Uh, Could you and talk? Then, so uh, next thing you know, I tried to open up my mouth, and this is what it sounded like. Uh-huh. Yep, there you go. So nobody has any idea. I'm completely paralyzed on my left side. I can't say a word. Um, I can't move. I'm completely confused. And uh, they called the ambulance about you know two minutes later. The ambulance comes. They put me in the ambulance. And they rushed me to the other side of the uh, the city, which took about maybe you know like twenty minutes, half hour. They put me under. They and and nobody has any idea what's going on at this time. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's looking at me in the eyes. Nobody's telling me what to do. Now I'm giving you the short story because everything that's going through my mind that that's a whole nother story right now. Oh, for sure. But I'm just giving you I'm just giving you the nuts and the bolts. I'm completely aware of what's going on. Only problem is I can't talk and I don't know anything. I don't know my mom's name, my kids' names, my 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 phone number. I know nothing. I can't. If they ask me, I try to talk it. They're trying to show me like fingers, like okay, we're gonna hold it up. Is it is it four? And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, I don't I don't know. 
I'm like, fuck. You know, yeah. so, like, I was completely, like, you were completely brain bed for the most part. Like, or you're getting there pretty damn close. So they uh, they put me under. They shot a clot to my brain. Um, or they a clot buster called TPA. You only have about four hours to get this thing. Uh, because what happened to me was I had a massive stroke because there was a clot. There was a clot of blood sitting on my left carotid. So that entire week, I had a torn carotid artery from jiu-jitsu. So it was like it was completely torn, and then no, like the blood was just clotted it's, it's, there. It's, it's not like completely like it's not like you think like it's like severed in half and torn across. Right, right. It, it's like a little partial tear, and then it forms a clot. So then right. what happened was that day, Rob's throwing – it was on my left side. Rob's throwing the north-south choke on me. He has um, hit, he has his right bicep on my right carotid, right? And mm. the left side is where I'm holding. But that was the side that had the tear. The, it's called dissection. And mm. there was a clot sitting on there. And, and so the brain's looking for air, looking for air. We need some air. We need some air. Poof! And then it blows the clot to the brain. Shoots to the right side of my brain, coming across the top. My whole right side is uh, paralyzed. I can't move it. And uh, I, can't, I can't speak because it hit that right side of the brain. I think – I forget what it's called, but it's like – like the parabola or something like that. Um, so at this like at this point, so now the the clot bursts. They yeah. call the ambulance. They're driving you to the yeah. the hospital. Yeah. yeah. What's going on through your mind as far as like are you able to to really kind of like formulate thoughts and like obviously yeah. you can't speak, but like yeah. what's going on through your mind is like oh shit, like what the fuck is going on? So, like, so, so, oh shit, what the fuck is going on is, is, is exactly how it's going down in the beginning. And then uh, as they're rolling you out, as they were rolling me out of the gym, I'm looking up at the sign. So I'm a part owner of this gym. And you guys know how it is. You know, you sacrifice a lot of time and energy to build a, a brand and a gym and people don't see behind what goes on, you know, all the hard times and the sacrifices and sure enough like i'm thinking to myself i'm looking up at the sign it says nova and i'm looking up at the sign saying this is not how it was supposed to go this is not how it was supposed to go i cannot believe i'm dying and then i got in the ambulance and then i started thinking about my friend joe um who did pass away um he so in my uh when i'm when i'm not on the jiu-jitsu mats I work in the insurance industry, so I work with families. I help them with life insurance, disability, health insurance needs, families and businesses. That's my that's my specialty. So um, part of that is working with families to make sure that if something like this were to happen, there's life insurance available so that um, if you do pass away, you know, the family's not going to, you know, need to sell the house and, you know, you know, go on to Medicare and or Medicaid, I yeah. should say. You know what I mean? You know, maintain. Yeah, yeah. And I main, deal with the. It's yeah, dude. It's maintain the same lifestyle that they have when you were alive, without having to. How are we going to bury this guy? How are we going to pay for this? Yeah. How are we going to pay for that? Like that just doesn't make sense. It's so cheap to buy life insurance. 
Um, anyways, my point is, is that I was thinking about my friend, Joe, of course he protected his family, you know? So I was thinking like, wow, Joe went early. He protected his family. Now you're going to go early. You're protecting your family. You, you, you are protected because I do have life insurance. So I'm, I'm thinking about my kids and I'm thinking about how they will have the life insurance and they'll be okay financially. But then something clicked in me and it was, you know what? It's fuck that. They don't need the money, bro. They need you right now. And so you were literally going through like the yeah, checklist yeah, of yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah. like car yeah. paid for, like rents paid for, like I'm not leaving like the kids like hanging kind of thing. Dude, it was life insurance is in force. I didn't give a fuck if anything else because <laughs> life insurance is in force and they're going to get that money and it's it's enough to pay for all of that stuff. Exactly. Um, so hold on, Sean's got a question for you. Yeah. So Chris, you uh, you said Rob just let go. Yeah. What did he yeah. feel yeah. or see that made him? He he said let go and just freak he, out. He told he told me he said you weren't moving. He's like I I pretty much thought you were out. And he's like you weren't moving. He goes something wasn't right. And and, and to this day, like I'm so thankful he let go. You know, it, it was hard for him, at, you know, for a while after this accident. Rob Smith is a former big, big, like 280-pound former MMA fighter. He, he fought Rampage Jackson back in the day and, and went to the decision with him. So let's put it that way. Like, he's a he's, yeah. <laughs> he's a beast. He's not a small guy, yeah. Yeah, so I'm so for- thankful that he let go. And he's, But he told me, he goes, I felt it. And so that's that's part, you know, we'll get back to that because that's part of the conversation that I want to have from the awareness standpoint of, you know, how do we need to train differently knowing, because my question to both of you guys, Alexis and Sean, is mm-hmm. do you, did you know that this something like this could happen? Did you know that somebody could have a stroke by getting their carotid arteries torn? Well, Chris, funny you say this. Um, when I was a blue belt, I was training at an American top team in Boynton Beach. And we had a, a guy there named Harrison. And he was training one day. He got caught in a triangle. He tapped. He went to get up. And he fell down. Yep. Had the same thing that happened to you happen to him. But he's never gotten back on the mats again. Yeah, I don't blame him. It's a scary thing, man. You know, it's funny, though. It's uh, and, and Sean and I have talked about this plenty of times because uh, we've trained so much. And there's a huge size and, and strength difference between him and I and skill. Obviously, he's a black yeah. belt. I'm a blue belt. And I've gotten so much from my game from Sean, but it's one of those things that he'll sit there and he'll put the chokes in. He'll make sure that they're in, but there's always a an understanding of he knows how I roll. I know how he rolls. So I know if I make a move that might hurt him, like I know yeah. right away. And yeah. there, there's that, that time that we've put in together training is you know what's going to happen and you know how he normally reacts. And even if you're having an off day, that aspect of – you know your training partners is a, is a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's I think that's kind of the evolution of, you know, and let me ask you this, Sean, have, have since you you saw that accident firsthand, did that at that time change the way that you thought about jiu-jitsu or the way that you train with people in their necks? <sighs> 
You know what it is for me? Well, well, here's what it was. We yeah. kind of attributed the the, uh, the stroke to his lifestyle. Yeah. He, okay. he didn't exactly leave, live the cleanest lifestyle. You know, there was there's some foreign substance, substances involved with that. So, like, we didn't know if that was what it was or if it was the actual training. So we kind of like, well... Let's let's let it go. It was probably yeah. his lifestyle. It's just a freak accident. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. But you know what's so, funny is that that we have, like I said, like our friend Tom that found out all these heart issues that he had, and Tom and I used to train hard. We were both white belts at the same time, and we would go at it. And Tom is an extremely well fit guy for for someone his age. I mean, someone any age. He's very like. Good cardio, super strong, like, and you wouldn't tell, like, he's whatever, like, however old he was when we were training. So once we found that out and he called me up, he's like, listen, man, I just went to the doctor. They told me all this. I might have to do surgery. It's like, super serious. And the first thing that I thought was like, fuck, man, think about all the times that you and I just went yeah. hammer down. Yeah. And it's – and we could have been stupid. I mean, if you go with someone and you're being stupid and it's like, okay, well, you're holding on to the choke that long because you're being a dick to you or something. That's the that's that's the main – I think that's where we have to uh, – to, to, so to step back, you know, I understand what you're saying, uh, Sean, when you're like, yeah, you know, it's pro- he probably just had a stroke, you know, lifestyle and et cetera, et cetera. So let's say that that is the case. Um, but now let's fast forward back to my um, – my story. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I don't have any hereditary, you know, there's, there's, there's no, you know, genetic stuff. I, I don't have, you know, like I said, three, like I've been training, you know, that this, when this happened, I have been training for nine years, pretty much, you know, nonstop three to four days a week. Um, you know, healthy, healthy average, you know, your average dude, you know, I'm not training for worlds or anything like that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Wisconsin here, so we do like to eat beer and cheese a lot, but <laughs> so com- compared to the average 40, 40 year old, I'm, I'm doing pretty good because, and that, and that I attribute to, um, to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I, I, I didn't have any, uh, high, I, I do check my numbers, um, didn't have any high numbers or anything like that, you know, no cholesterol, no, you know, diabetes or any of that stuff. There's so, like no precursor triggers yeah. that like would set yeah. off anything. Yeah, right. So did, did, did the doctors say that the injury or the uh, – oh, Well, let's, let's go back to yeah. the story then so that way we can get to it. So now you're you're in the ambulance. You're getting yeah. carted off to the hospital. Yep. They, they inject the – what was the TPA you TPA, said? Yep, the TPA. Mm-hmm. So then what happens next? Okay, so um, so like like I said, in the ambulance, you're you're thinking about you're 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 checking off your dot, you're dotting your eyes, checking your T's, and trying to come to comfort with the fact that that you're probably you might be dying here. And uh, then they then they put you to sleep, and they they put the TP. Well, two other things. So I, I, there's a lot there's a lot to be said. I'm a very bad example of a recovery case for 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 this because. As serious as it was, um, to to where I've come back to now, I think a lot of people don't even know that that this has even happened to me, and uh, I am still training um, just like I was before, and I will get to that in a minute. But when I started thinking about my kids in the ambulance, um, I didn't. Again, I didn't know what was happening. Nobody, not even the paramedics, nobody was looking at me and saying. Nobody said, "Listen, hey, Chris, it's gonna be okay." You need to relax, and we're going to get you to the hospital. You're just having a, a stroke. 
and they're going to shoot something into your brain and once they do, everything is going to be okay but you just have to react. They won't even look at me in the eye. So I think I'm dying. The, the, I hear the machines going like – and like they're they, – they, they don't – they seem real nervous. Let's put it that way. They didn't seem comfortable and like they've done it a million times. Just bad bedside manner. <laughs> yeah, well – or it was that freaking serious and I and, and that's and that's kind of what was going on. But during right. that time I started thinking about my kids and my adrenaline just kicked in and I started going Rah! like just like like trying to tell myself like get the fuck control of yourself, dude. Like right. everything I had, like everything. And then I got to the hospital and then they sent the priest to my bed. Um, to basically say the goodbyes and, and put me under and I'm looking at this priest. I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm not going, bro. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm not going to die. Like this is not happening. And then they put you to sleep and then you wake up in your bed and, and your eyes open and my family was all around me. And I go, I said to myself, holy shit. I survived, and then the next thing I thought about, and this this sounds like a sales pitch, but it's not. It's true, is I thought about my disability insurance policy because before I I, I realized that I had just survived, but now I realized that life is going to be different. I'm not going to be. I wasn't able to walk. I'm probably paralyzed, and I can't probably speak. I'm probably in a brain dead. Like I'm done. I'm like, so I said to myself, at least I have my disability policy. It's going to make life a little bit easier. You know what I mean? So it, it is, it is. It's like, this is like, the, it's so funny. Like, it's like, this is obviously a, a super serious story, but because of what you do, it's like, yeah, people feel like it's an April fool's joke yeah. where we're going to try and sell life insurance yeah. at the end of the podcast. I guess <laughs> not the case. It'd be great. It would be the greatest commercial of all time though. Right. <laughs> well, That's not where we're going for. So please stick to, stick to the podcast. <laughs> so you, you automatically like, okay, so I'm stuck. Vegetable yep. paperwork yep. is set though. Yep. Like the paperwork was done. Yep. Say so paper was done okay now i gotta figure this out and then you know the hardest part you know my kids weren't there it was it was it was you know my mom my dad I, uh my sister um my other brother and sister were were in another state um and uh, uh my ex-wife um and uh it, it was like you know it was kind of like you know we're not sure how what's gonna happen you know we we don't know how you're going to recover and, you know, we, we got to stay positive and this and that and all that kind of, you know, stuff. And then they left and then it was just me with the nurses and I'm, you know, you know, they, I, you can't talk. I mean, like, were they hot? Um, <laughs> there was one, well, the, uh, there was one. It's like at least I'm dying. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's all, it, uh, of course I'm thinking that in the hospital, like hopefully there's some hot nurses. Uh, yeah, the, right? the, <laughs> it's the, like, the, not like I just had a stroke. It's like, hey, nice rack. Here, yeah. the, the, the one really cute one it was the one that said to me and was super positive and was like, I guarantee you're going to be fine. I, everybody, all the other nurses were like, you know, some people come out of it like this and some people come out. So it's kind of like, but the, the cute one was like, was really positive with me and said, you're going to come out of it. You're going to be just fine. And she did gave me a lot of motivation. Um and uh, shout out to the to the cute nurse with the yeah, positivity. Dude, I like that for sure. Shout out to all cute nurses. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly so right. I mean, cute nurses, cute nurses. You know, you have the opportunity to really help people, 
um, in this, and, and I think they do know that. Unfortunately, the sad thing is a lot of these nurses are very overworked, and this hospital system needs yeah. to, needs to change. Because I have some nurse friends, and they just tell me some horrible stories. But, anyways, um, yeah, yeah, so. that's a it's a that's a big bad system. So let me ask you something though. So the priest comes up to you, and he like does he just start giving you like your last rites, or is, is he, he like, hey, he, I'm just he, here he, for comfort? No, 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 he was he it was it, so I, I joke around with people, and I I, I tell. I say that that was the uh, that was the angel of death, because I when I when I look at him, he didn't say anything. He was smiling and looking at me with a big smile. He was an African priest, and uh, and just smiling. And I'm kind of looking at him, and he's kind of looking at me. And there's really no words spoken. And I just remember saying to myself, like, No, dude, I'm not going. So that when you say African priest, so he look in my head. I see the priest from. That's my boy. Oh, I, <laughs> I haven't. I, about him, right? I, no, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> what? Oh no, no, not that's my boy. Grandma's boy. Oh, grandma's boy. No, oh, I, I have. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I'll have to check it out. But so he so he really didn't say anything no. to you. He just came out smiling, yeah. creepily, like yeah. tipping your hand or yeah, something. Yeah, like literally, like fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> literally came out <laughs> came out of nowhere. So I I, I say it. I'm like, dude, I think that was the angel of death, and I. And that was my time where I was like, no, I'm not ready to go right now. So, so have you ever like ran into him? Like, have you ever seen no, him ever again after no, that? Okay, no. Because if that was me, I would hunt him down. Just tell him like, listen, <laughs> you're a fucking asshole. And, like, you need to like rethink your fucking like your like service here, bud. Because that's fucked up, man. Like, that's not just me, right? Like, no, I, 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 that's I how I was thinking. It was, it was uncomfortable. I, it was uncomfortable for me. So, like, I'm already in a bad fucking situation. I don't need you to creep me the fuck that's, out right that's, now. That's kind of it, man. That's kind of, that's oh, you know what? I bet you. Did you ever see Poltergeist too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude. Hot as it. Yeah, Screw that. Yeah. Like someone needs to write like a bad Yelp review for that. It was good though because you were like in your head. You were like, no, I yeah. ain't dying, dude. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see you in a few yeah. minutes. I'll see yeah. you in a minute, Padre. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So you wake up. Family's there. Then, yeah. like things finally calm down. You're there with the nurses. So, what happens next? Yeah. So, what happened next was just a, a like, <laughs> it's just like all the other stories that I'm hearing about of people who had strokes from from similar strokes. The first thing, the first thing. What do you What do you guys think? The, you're laying in bed by yourself. Your family's l- left you. Now you're by yourself, okay? What are you thinking about? Will I ever be able to roll again? There you go. No, I, that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, can I can I walk? I mean, like, so for for me, it's different. Like, that's one of like my my worst fears actually. And I actually I had surgery for a deviated septum, and I woke up halfway through the surgery. Oh. So I I remember being like on the bed and like getting pinned down. And I was starting to swing on people and stuff oh. like that. So. Like, you know, um, have you ever, I don't know if you're a Metallica fan, you know the song One? Yeah. So it's like based off of a book, Johnny Got His Gun, where it's like a soldier gets his, like, his arms, his face, his legs, everything blown off in the war, and he's basically just trapped in his body. He has no way to communicate. So that's like my biggest fear. So that's yeah. what like, yeah, it's like, that's world, how but I felt. for me, that, it's like. That's how I felt in that stroke, man. Yeah, see yeah. that shit like creeps me the fuck out, like for sure. So that's why, I was like, yeah, I would be the like, all right. So first, like fingers, toes, can I start moving? And then, like, all right, what's next? Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm 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 in bed, and that's you know that's kind of you know I I I I could move my right hand a little bit, and um my uh, my leg I couldn't move though because they stuck the um uh there's what however they got the TPA it came up through like my leg the catheter yeah exactly it came up through there. And uh, so I, I wasn't able to move that for like I want to say like a day and a half or something like that. And then they took it out, and then I could move. And, and yeah, I was I was I was wobbling to uh, after day three. I was wobbling to the bathroom and stuff like that. And then um, I walked like I want to say day four. I, I walked my way out of the hospital, just absolutely wow. de- absolutely determined to to get back to where I was before because I say it, I, I tell, I tell people this too. I'm like, yo, when you have a stroke or, a, uh, the sad thing is this is a different world that we live in. Like you have a stroke or something like that major life doesn't stop for you. You still have clients, you still have businesses, you still have obligations, you still have, you know, renewals to do if you're in the health insurance world. I mean, just nothing, nothing stops. So I didn't really get much of an opportunity to, to catch back up. I mean, it was, I was basically, I, I, I willed myself back because, you know, for me it was, I, 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 I just, I, there was no other option. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm, I'm content with my life and what I'm doing with my life and the things that are going on in my life. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm focused on finishing, you know, what I started. And this was a very big obstacle that, you know, you know, for me, it was, hey, if I knew that there was an, an, an ability to get better, I'm going to fucking do it. So um, how long how long did it take you to get like full speech controls back? Full speech controls, I would say, I mean, if you think that I'm speaking right now in full speech controls, I have to, when I'm speaking, I sound great right now. And I know I do. However, um, sometimes you have off days where you kind of start like you, you, you kind of uh, – forget words or um you we all have those yeah things. yeah so i must, I must have had a stroke years ago then <laughs> yeah Shit, but uh, I, I would say it took me almost maybe a couple months um to get back to like it, it, you it gets better over time um but the first the first couple months was hard because you know there was a really funny story about um so I want to say this is like week, the, the second week, um, and I decided to uh, to go out in my car and I was going to go to the gym, see how things are going, you know, check in on everybody. And then afterwards, like I was just – I, you know how we are. We're creatures of habit, so we always do the same things we always do. So everything yeah. – I, I, every time I would go go to the gym, I would always on my way home – um, you know, pull out my laptop, do all my emails and stop at this, uh, bar and grill, um, that's open till, you know, 12 o'clock and just hammer out emails for a couple hours. And that's, that's what I do, you know? And, and so I walked in and it was a little bit, uh, crowded. I was like, Oh, it's kind of crowded tonight. And again, you know, this is two weeks after the stroke. So I'm, I'm really not haven't been out in, in, in crowds too much. And I, 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 I'm looking for a place to sit and I'm, I'm going towards the bar and these two cute girls turn around and, and, and they smiled at me and they started moving aside a place for me to sit next to them. You know, any other day you'd be like, Oh, rad, you know, but I stopped and I wasn't expecting it. And I just kind of froze up like I've never seen a girl before. And I turned around and 
went to this like table by by its like a single table by itself. It was close to where there. I'm like, oh no, thank you. And I went and I sat down there because I just wasn't into feeling like getting into conversations or this or that or just you know whatever. And yeah. uh, a waitress came over and again this is week two, so I'm having a really hard time getting my words out. And uh, so I'm kind of pointing on the menu and stuttering my words. And uh, it, during at the end of the meal, the waitress was talking to the two girls because I think maybe the two girls may have worked there or something like that or knew knew somebody working there. And and, and they uh, she, they I could hear them whispering about me, and they said that they thought I had a oh, what was it um uh. What is the uh, what uh, Tourette's? Oh right. Yeah, they thought I, she's like. I think he's got Tourette's, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh man, people think I have Tourette's. I'm like, this is this is just not going well. Yeah. <laughs> so so to answer your question, like it it took a while to to get the speech back and and also to get confidence. I tell people. Um, I tell some of the people that I, I speak with, the, the survivors, I'm like, hey, another thing that helps you will be getting back to the gym and getting on the mats and coaching. Because even though you can't do the moves, you can still coach and you can and, and having that, that conversation and, and trying to like even to this day, this is this is funny. So you know how it is to coaching jujitsu, it's like you got to put your put your left shin here, and then all you know this goes here, and this goes there. Your elbows over here. So a lot of times, I'll have to ask my students, "What is this called again?" They'll be like, "That's his elbow." I'm like, "Elbow, exactly." I mean, that happens all the time now. So um, I'm I'm still um, I still have damage to the brain. This is so now we're you know two years, almost two years removed. Um, I still have damage to the brain. My spelling doesn't work as well as I would like it to. Um, sometimes when I think I've written a paragraph or even a couple sentences, I, what I think I wrote, I'll go back two days later on Facebook or wherever I am and be like, dude, it looks like, it looks like, a, a, a sometimes like I, I didn't get a high school education. So, um, so that's a little bit, that's been very challenging. So the words and the spelling has been very challenging, almost like I'm dyslexic. Um, and, mm. uh, the, the, the good news about it though, is, um, there's spell check and there's grammar, grammar, grammary, uh, whatever you call that yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Grammarly or yeah, something. Yeah. And then, and, and then, you know, there's, there's Upwork so you can find somebody for, you know, five bucks an hour to, you know, do some technical review of your writing if it's important. You know what I mean? Um, so ch- well, you always got Sean's a writer too, so he can always help you out. Oh wow, perfect! <laughs> so yeah, and so yeah, go ahead, Chris, real quick. Um, of course, now I forgot what I was going to yeah, ask. Yeah, see, I'm done telling um, you. I think we're all taking too many shots as a dumb. As far as oh, son of a bitch. As far as what? It was it, it was dealing with. The forgetting and stuff like saying the elbow or whatever or the, the moves. Oh, no, I remember what it was. Sorry, Chris. So I'm sure you had a lot of conversations with God or the universe or whatever. Did you f- maybe find religion or lose religion during this process? So that's a good question. Um, I usually don't talk about religion too much because uh, 
you know, I, I have a lot of religious people around me at the gym and whatnot. But I'll tell you right now, I was I was born and raised in a very conservative Catholic family. And when I, after I found jiu-jitsu, uh, so jiu-jitsu, a typical cliche, jiu-jitsu saved my life. This is way before the stroke. I'm talking like coming out of college, having – uh, having a, a unhealthy lifestyle of drinking too much, being heavy. Um, I found jujitsu. I lost over 50 pounds. I couldn't even do, I was that guy who couldn't do a forward roll or a backward roll, you know, that first day of class. And I've completely changed my body. I found body awareness during my, my, when, if this makes any sense, when I was like, Jiu-jitsu a, was your religion. It, 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 jujitsu, what, no, what jujitsu, jiu-jitsu did was it it opened up my mind to the fact that first it gave me my body my body and mind awareness so i didn't know that i had body and mind like they work together like i kind of you know how it's like you know how with religion you have like that's a separate entity and your mind's a separate entity and your body is a separate entry and you have no control over this and no control over that everything's in somebody else's control jiu-jitsu gave me that like awareness of, oh my God, I can change my body. I have body awareness. I did go through some other health issues back um, early on with uh, staph infections and MRSA and a lot of it. Um, and I almost had to quit jujitsu back then early as a, a white belt and a blue belt. But the the the, common, the, the the interesting thing was none of my training partners were getting staff in MRSA. It was just me. So why is that? And what I had done a ton of research and I went deep, deep, deep. Like I went – like they had me – they had me on all kinds of antibiotics. So to the fact that today I'm, I'm now resistant to most of them. Um, and I went through a really bad bout um, of MRSA and, and almost lost my, my arms and legs. Just same thing. So the, the, uh, the medical people after like maybe like the eighth time I was hospitalized were like, I don't know. This, this doesn't make sense. Like we, we don't know what's causing this. Like nothing in your blood work, like nothing made sense. And during that time, you know, again, I'd, I was already too deep into it with jiu-jitsu because I had just lost like 30, 40 pounds. So like I already thought it was like the best thing on earth. My confidence was going up um, and I started to div- dig deeper and I started to to go into researching things like food and nutrition. And then I started I, – I, I joined up with this like group of people um, who were breath workers and I started working with them, just all kinds of alternative stuff. And then I, I would say during this whole time, um, I started to question religion and then I started to see that I had more powers that um, I could control more things myself and it's not out of my control. And I, I, I started to open up more uh, spiritually. So I, I don't want to say I'm, I, I don't have a specific religion. But I'm I, I'm I'm certainly open to the fact that things happen for a reason. Um, if you are uh, if you are aware of obstacles and what they mean, and you can overcome those obstacles, your life can change. People will come into your life for a reason, and at a, at a time, bad things happen for a reason. Unfortunately, it's usually to try to figure out a way to get you to grow. Um, so I would say I'm 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 
I was spiritual going into this, and now, like, I, I'm not like some enlightened being now. Like, I'm, I, I, I realize a couple things. I, if, if anything, I have more respect now than I, that I do uh, for modern medicine than I did before because I was very bitter with the way I was treated um, early in the years with my staph infections and my MRSAs and, and, and what I found was and I, I started to focus on stress relief and stress management. I got that through the, the people that I was working with on my breathing and, and visualizing and meditations and positive affirmations and getting rid of the, the negative baggage that I had built up. Um, and then just being more respectful of my body with the type of food that I'm putting in, less processed foods, more organic and, and whatnot. Um, so I kind of became a hippie if it kind of, if, if that makes any sense, but, uh, and, and, and almost was like, Oh, you know, what is, what is modern medicine good for? They gave me all these antibiotics, <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're, it, it's just, it's, they're just trying to make money. You know, they want you on all these medications and you know, there's still, that's, there's still some truth to that, but there's also a place for modern medicine because they saved my life. Um, and so I have a tremendous amount of spec. So just like anything in life, it's balance, you know, balance of, um, you know, what we do, uh, uh, what we put into our body, uh, the type, like not, not, uh, with the world that, that I, I, I have here now, like the way that I'm living and whatnot, like I said, I'm not, I don't feel like, oh, I'm enlightened. I got a second chance. Amen. It's more like, okay, that happened for a reason. That was hard as shit. Um, I'm very grateful and, and I have people around me and I have the things that I need now to grow from this. Um, and people come into my life and out of my life for a reason. And so I, 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 I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be alive. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what comes after this, uh, this place where I am now. So this, this world that I am in now, like, I don't know where my spirit's going to go. Um, I don't know if it comes back. I don't know, if, but I know this, I, I was not ready to go. And, and for where I am now, um, I don't think I'm going to be going anywhere anytime soon, but I am very cautious and aware in how fl uh, fragile life is. So I will say that. So what do you, after you went through everything and then you finally started getting back into training, how did it affect your actual approach to training? Oh man. Like, do you not do any kind of chokes and stuff yeah. now? So that's, it, it, it's changed a lot. So you know, think, uh, so one thing I will say, just, just, just hold that thought is I, ha mm. I, I, I have been reached out to by a, a number of, of people who had similar accidents. Um, cause going back to, you know, what's your thought process when everybody leaves and you're in the hospital bed, like Sean mentioned is, are I ever going to roll again? And that's a very scary thing. And so the first thing you do is you do go to, you go to Google and you type in uh, jujitsu strokes from chokes, you know stuff like that. Jujitsu strokes, and um, there's a guy on Reddit uh, who who I saw a post the other day. 
Um, and he's, and he says, he goes, you know, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, if you would have, uh, typed in strokes from jujitsu, you wouldn't have found much out there. He goes, but there's this guy named Chris Martin, who's been, who, who it happened to him. And he's also been documenting other cases as well. So that's exactly what I've been doing is, um, documenting other cases of people who reach out to me because when it happens to them, they do the same thing that I do. They go to Google. They're trying to find explanations. They're trying to find answers. And they're trying to find success stories of somebody who has gone and uh, had this happen to them. And they do want to know that they will be able to get back on the mat. Yes. And They're then, looking for hope. Oh, hell yeah, they are. So there's a guy um, – uh, Aaron Riley, young uh, MMA guy in uh, Ireland, his stroke happened right after mine. Uh, he reached out to me, and uh, I, I've got the article and everything up on on Medium is my uh, is where I, I leave all these articles. And I told him, I said, "Man, I go, you, I go, you know what? I'm like, don't lose hope. I'm like, you, you, <coughs> he said, my biggest fear is I'm not gonna be able to." to, to uh, train anymore. I'm like, bro, I'm like, you might be, I go, you might compete. I go, you're, I know I told him, I said, you're going to compete again. Cause I read some, uh, he was an MMA guy. And so I did some research on him, you know, after he reached out to me and, you know, he was one of those guys where there was an article talking about how MMA helped him cause he was battling with depression. And we all know people like jujitsu helps so much with depression in so many people and it gives them purpose. I think that's, that's the main thing. I think that's what, that's what it is. That's the, uh, that's the special part of the drug. Um, and, yeah. uh, and I told him, I, I read, I'm like, dude, this guy's a young alpha male, dude. I'm like, I go, I go, bro, you're going to compete again. And sure as shit, um, I've, I've done my articles on him. He's He's been competing and actually um, he's got a, a, a page up right now. His name's Aaron Riley. It's a, a GoFundMe to help him get to uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, to train in, uh, in Abu Dhabi's. Uh, so, so he's, he's competing and, and, uh, and, and some of these other guys, um, they are now starting, we, 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 uh, opened up a support group on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, my friend, Josh Vera, he's a black belt. He just had the stroke this year, um, oh. in January. So he reached out to me, um, on the, the video I posted about, uh, Aaron Riley, uh, to, coincidentally. And, um, he opened up uh, a support group and I've been helping get people in there and people are starting to share their stories. And, uh, one of the gentlemen named Shane that last week just got back on the mats after three years. So he's taken nice. his, so, so I know for a fact that I'm helping encourage, um, as far as, um, you know, are I supposed to be back on the mats? You know, has my training changed? Absolutely. So now that's and, – and so that's that's part of the reason I, I wanted to reach out to you guys because in having conversations with the other survivors, the one question I have to them is knowing what you know now, would you have changed anything in the way that you trained? And, and all of us are like, no, 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 no. <coughs> but um, – Knowing what you know now, um, does jiu-jitsu need to be – now that you know that you, you can get you know, dissections on the carotids. And this, this happens a lot more than, than, than anybody knows because 
you know, just like just like uh, Sean had a story. I have I talk to people about this, and they I, I, I once in a while I do find a story here or a, a story there. Uh, as a matter of fact, Josh just uh, texted me, and he's like, "Man, uh, this just happened to a Brazilian uh, a Brazilian um, black belt." Um, I, I can't disclose his name right now because he he asked uh, for now that he just wants to keep his privacy. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, it just happened to him two weeks ago. So I mean, this is happening all the time. I've got lists. Yeah. I got lists of people who it's happened to because they. So just like me, when when this happens to them, they go to the internet and then they look me up and they find me and then they come to me. And then I listen to their stories. Um, I, I give them some advice. I, I, sh- I shoot them links to other stories, success stories. Um, and then, Didn't it happen to Kevin Casey? Didn't Kevin Casey have like a heart attack or something? Who's Kevin Casey? Kevin Casey is – he was on – The uh, Ultimate Fighter? He was on The Ultimate Fighter. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He, uh, I think he just did a um, – he was like a stand-in for somebody at – at uh, like an EBI or something like that. He always gets like pulled up like kind of last minute. Yeah. He's out of California, but I'm pretty sure that he had a that a, that he had a heart attack or something. Let me look it up real quick because I'm 99% sure. Um, so the, but I know he was another one. Yeah. So a heart uh, the heart attack and the stroke are are kind of two different things. The the yeah. the, the stroke is more of. A, it's like a brain heart attack, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's the cerebral. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and that's and 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 that's happening more frequently to people because of the uh, neck neck cranks um, and uh, uh, carotid chokes. Um, yeah. So as and, and going back to the, your original question is, has this affected the way that I train? Absolutely. Um, number one, I have a stint in the side of my neck now. So in my carotid, I have a stint that's almost about 14 inches long. I, I want to say they said. Um, so you know, if that'll be there forever, that's that's what I asked, and they're like, yeah, pretty much. You know, but you know how it is. Like medical changes so quickly. So you know, in, in 10 years, you know, they might come out and say that those stints are are shitty. And, and there might be some type of, you know, removal. Who knows? But the doctors that I've spoken with so far tell me that the stint is permanent. And uh, another guy that I talked to, Shane, his, he has a stint. They said his is permanent too. Now, um, what that means to me is, okay, I got this thing in my neck um, and I want to make sure it doesn't break or get like, you know, move around and form a clot because the same thing could happen to me again. Um, so what that means is, number one, um, when we're drilling with our partners in class, um, uh, I number one, I have some of my guys know, um, they know what's up. So it's like they'll put the choke on, but they just won't squeeze. Like you can still set up the position with the grips without cranking on somebody's neck in in and you know how you do it three times, I do it three times. Okay, let's crank, yeah. let's crank the neck three times each. You know, um, you don't need to do that. So they they kind of just go through the motions, or I'll just work in a group of three and just be the guy that does it on people, but it just doesn't get done on me. Now, <laughs> now you win. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a like- win win, right? 
But now, Lehman has been uh, – he's been doing a lot of the situational drilling in our classes. So instead of like, okay, class is over, five-minute rounds, go. It's more, okay, he goes – you take his back, you know, we do like EBI style, like you take his back with the hooks in and the seatbelt grip and you got to escape and you got to uh, choke, you know, you know, you got to finish. So um, that was, that was scary for me in the beginning um, to, to jump back into that. But um, it did force me to spend a lot more time working on my back defense and um like basically like Mark's philosophy and I'm using it. And like, he's like, you know how, like when you have somebody's back and they say, okay, how do I escape? You know, typically I've been, I've been told like, you want to try to flatten your back to the side that he doesn't have his choke hand. So like the underside underhook Mark's Mark's like, I don't give a shit where you roll to. You have two hands on the choke hand and you don't take it off and that's it or else you're going to die. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play this game for a while. And sure as shit, so my, so when somebody has their, uh, their um, choke on me, I have my my hand on like you know the forearm, and then my right hand is underneath their top hand, holding onto their fingers, uh, a finger grip, so they can't grab the gi, so they can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's two hands, and those are the two hands, and I'm wiggling my hips, and I'm moving all around, and I'm not really taking my hands off to like put my hand, you know, to try to push his leg to the ground or anything like that. I'm just holding. Um, Chris, yeah. how many arguments have you had with the family when they when, when you told them you're going back to train? Um, I think my family already kind of knows that I'm just abs- – like there's nothing that you're – like this kid's so hard-headed. Like nothing <laughs> you're going to say to this guy is going to he, – he's going to do what he's going to do. And it's true. That's how I've been my whole life. Um, and, you know, my – my my ex-wife and and the kids you know uh you know it's changed it they know that i'm training safer and as a matter of fact not only am i training safer my 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 kids my daughters are 12 and 9 both of them train in the gi so um that has changed a lot the way that we we play with the kids like most of our uh practices don't um don't include any type of chokes now because I, I, I just, I, 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 this is happening to people and I just, the last thing we need is for this to happen to a kid. So right now we're, we're not, we're not, there's a couple kids that will play, we'll let them play chokes. You know, the, the kids that go out and they, they, um, they compete, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, we'll let them, but like, I'll, I'll stop it. Like if a dude's cranking a neck, I'll be like that, tap, 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 tap. Like that's, that's just move on. Like there's just, there's, there's no room for any kid getting hurt. Um, so, uh, the way that I, I train has changed from that standpoint, especially with back, you know, I, I have, uh, I'm very scared of getting choked. So, you know, I really do have to. I, I'm I'm more aware of where I'm putting my neck. Obviously, I'm not as like I'm not the guy that's going to be shooting in on a takedown on you anymore. You don't have to worry about that. Like I'm more of like I'm going to play my guard. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to play my guard. I'm going to sweep, get on top. Once I do, I'm I'm not letting you back up. Like that's that's the game. And then we also uh, we also started to become very savvy with our Uma Plata games. 
So I started to play more Uma Plata. And even me, like, um, so, and when you, when you, then Mark started to teach more Uma Plata. And everybody is kind of starting to evolve to that, which, if you think about it, like, you know, from uh, um, the fundamentals, like, everybody shows like fundamentals, like armbar from the back and then triangle, right? But, like, not many people yeah. show the beginners. Um, Uma Plata's, and I, I remember like even myself, like I really wasn't playing Uma Plata, you know, t- almost, almost, you know, almost a few years ago. So, you know, I, I, everything for me was like arm bars and triangles because that's just what you're kind of taught. But, you know, now I've been showing all my beginners and the kids like set up, set up the um, arm bar from the guard. They're gonna pull the hand out, and you're gonna have Uma Plata there almost ninety percent of the time. So we play a lot of. Um, yeah. We, we have a uh, yeah. We have a uh, the we have a professor down here and someone that we trained on and off before is uh, Alessandro Polga, and they call him the Polga Plata. Oh wow! Like that's his move. Like yeah, that he has the craziest setups to, yeah. to get into it. But somehow, no matter what, he always gets into it. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's one thing. And then the other thing is, I've also adapted how I train with my training partners because. You know, I'm one of those guys where if I get the choke, you know, I'll kind of like let you know that I have it, but then I'll just keep rolling and move on and, and, and look for some more dominant control or um, I'm not I'm not a submission hunter in practice anymore. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, you can't be that guy that goes for chokes and then like you can't get me. I can get, yeah, you can get me back. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's not that's not, you know, that's, that's – so I tell people, I'm like, yo, attack the choke. Like I still want them – like I, I haven't rolled yet where I'm like, hey, no chokes. I've, I haven't done that yet. Um, if I had to roll with you know with somebody who I don't know, I, I probably will let them know like, you know, yo, I, I, I've got a stint to my neck. So try to not go like absolute kamikaze on my neck. But, <laughs> but still, I mean still attack the neck. Like I can still tap. You know, my ego's not that big that, you know, I can't tap out because – once I feel like I'll fight it a little bit, but you know, if somebody gets way too close, cause a couple of times, like, you know, we have played back drills and you know, somebody did get pretty, you know, they got their grips in and right before they were able to, you know, to extend, it's just like either I say tap or, or, you know, coach Lehman, you know, we'll just say tap, 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 just let them have it. That's done. You know, well, that's, that's an important thing is when someone's dealing with an injury, I think it's important to have a coach yes. that goes, that keeps a wary eye on, on everybody. They should be watching everybody. Roll. Yeah. Like I very rarely roll with my okay. guys because I feel like it's my job to watch them. But uh, when there's uneven numbers, I'll roll. But at the same time, it's one of those things. That's the job of the coach. It's the safety of your students. Yes. So it's nice to hear that Mark uh, Mark has got his eyes on what you guys are yeah, doing. Yeah, and you know the the thing is like the the interesting thing about um, you know I I think it's been a, a a change like even for him like you know what I mean this is the guy who's you know he's he's training UFC guys um, you know his philosophy is a, attack the neck in the transition so it's like. He's like his philosophy is I don't care what you what you do. He's like I just want you to get to the back and choke him. So I mean, he, you know that that uh, he he hasn't changed up much of his. I, I'm not gonna say he hasn't changed any of his philosophy. That's still the same philosophy. But like you said, 
you know, he's, 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 he's more aware of it. And, um, you know, especially after what happened to me, like he, he's, I'm, I'm glad that he did see it. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that others, others have seen it, but you know, now we're at this point where I, it's happening so frequently. That's, one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you is, you know, May in May it, it is Stroke Awareness Month, and you know, strokes do happen to people under the age of forty, but you know, there's there's less than two percent of those uh, <coughs> strokes in people under age forty comes from carotid artery dissections, which is what happened to me and it, it, what happened to Josh Farah and Chris Lieb and Shane and and all the other guys. Um, uh, there's there's a number of other guys that that um, that I uh, have been working with um, to get their stories out. And same thing. So uh, it's it's important going back to the coaches. I, I asked my my people in the groups. I'm like, you know, what would you change about jujitsu now? And they they said they're like, what we would change is the fact that coaches need to be aware of this. And just like you said, Sean, like you know, I, I hope that this story. Um, I hope it changes your perspective. I hope that, you know, if you see somebody, you know, yank it, 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 a lot of the neck cranks and the hard guillotines, you know, you'll say, let it go and move on. Or maybe you'll even have a conversation with your team and be like, yo, you know, this, there's some stories coming out, you know, so we weren't aware of this, but it is a risk. You need to be aware of it. You need to, um, be respectful of your training partners and, and their necks, especially, um, and because uh, most of these coaches, they don't know that this that this this stuff can happen. I, I talked to uh, Braulio Estima, and uh, I told him about it. He had never heard about it. You know, he's been rolling forever. Uh, Patrick Baton, who's you know Europe's first American black belt. You know, he's been out. You know, one of Hickson's guys for whatever twenty years or something like that. Um, he's never seen it. Never heard of it. So, um, and even some of these coaches in Wisconsin, nobody's ever heard of this, you know, Sean, you, you saw it, but again, that's, that's exactly what I think a lot of these, uh, schools, when it does happen to other guys, I think that's kind of what the students are looking at. It's like, ah, he must have a genetic, uh, disorder or he's, you know, out of shape or eating too much, you know, cupcakes. But the truth of the matter is, even if that's the case, um, he still; those guys still deserve a place on the mat to, to train, and we, we still have to be respectful of those guys. We probably need to even um, just be a little bit more respectful of the next of the guys who are over the age of forty, because you know some that uh, that uh, demographic is uh, certainly um, more susceptible to this type of stuff as well. And jujitsu is growing at a fast pace. I, I know that yeah. I know there's going to be way more of these stories, and so that's why I'm trying to mitigate these stories. And that's a, the big part too is that with the with the growing popularity of the martial art, we're going to have more and more people, and then obviously that raises the risk factor of someone that either you know doesn't understand the way that the the human body can react to certain things like that because at the end of the day even though it's we call it the gentle art you we still put the the body through yeah, gen- a, a shocking like event gentle, gentle mean, art my ass yeah right yeah. and that's the thing it's like the one of the things that and Sean and I talked about this a long time ago was that 
once your friends find out what you do, they're always like, so can you put me to sleep? What's it like to go to sleep? And then you always have people that are stupid enough or willing to say, hey, choke me. Can you choke me out? It's like, no, man. Like, I don't know what's going to happen because now you'll see sometimes there's people that have had seizures and all of someone just sitting there like, oh, choke me out when they're at the bar and stuff like that. Like, that's stupid games that you play. And it's, you know, we do it inside of a, an academy, inside of a dojo where we understand the rules. We understand what's going on. And if something happens... For the most part, we can react to it accordingly. You know, I mean, then we get into rare situations like you. But at the end of the day, it's still people, you know, if it wasn't for your training partner understanding, I got to let yeah. go because this isn't right. It could have been something totally different. If you're at the bar and someone's being something, doing something stupid, like they let go and they just drop you and you smash your head on the bar. Yeah, right. Well, you know, what's funny is, is I have this, philo- I don't know if it's a philosophy, but it's a saying is I don't like my guys fighting any of the joint locks. So arm bars, ankle locks, knee bars, any of that stuff. I say tap, just tap. I go fight the chokes as much yeah. as you want. I mean, I can wake you up. I can't put you back together. But this yeah. makes me go maybe this isn't the exact uh, smart philosophy to have when it comes to chokes. Yeah, man, I I, I can assure you that it's not because. Um, that was the same philosophy that I had as well. And that all the guys that had the strokes, same thing with them. It's like, Hey, I'll fight, I'll fight out of this because the worst case scenario, I'm going to go to sleep, but that's not worst case scenario because we are dealing with, uh, the neck manipulations. Um, a lot of these guys who are, who have told me about their story, it was, they know exactly what the choke was. They met, they know exactly who it was against. And every single time theirs was more of like some like spazzy white belt or blue belt, like really attacking the, the, the neck and, and them, you know, fighting out of it because the technique wasn't like precise. It was like, there was room to get out, but it was like a strong dude, you know, heart, you know, attacking the neck. And then, um, right after practice now they weren't there was wasn't like massive where uh, you know they they were stroking out instantaneously but it's almost like it's almost even worse it's almost like uh, a silent like slow but silent uh like you slowly can't like you're kind of dizzy but you're not sure why you know maybe you you chalk it up to dehydration Maybe you chalk it up to jet lag like one of the guys did. And then next thing you know, you just – you know, I just, I just need to go home and sleep it off. And then next thing you know, you go home and sleep it off. And then you wake up. You still have a headache. You still kind of feel out of it. And then you're kind of slurring your speech. And then next thing you know, it took two days. And now your fucking wife is telling you, you know what? I talked to Debbie at the supermarket and she says you're having a fucking stroke. Oh shit! Let's get you to the doctor, and that's what's happened to a lot of these guys. Um, and so, you know, like I said, mine—I had a dissection. It was the, the the clot was sitting there for you know. They said it could have been a week. They said it could have been two weeks, and obviously they said that 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 came from me just being stubborn and not tapping. And then I got that tear, and and then when do you think you remember what that was from? Like, no. do you remember the role or do you remember a choke no. that you fought out of within that time period that you were like, Oh, that sucks. No, but you know, you know what I think I, I, I can't say for sure, but you know, that's during this time I was rolling with Mark a lot and he uses the punch choke to open up the guard. So, I mean that punch choke on the lapel, it's coming right up in that, that underneath area. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, it's it's brutal. Like now I use it. It's man, punch choke to oh, put, you don't like Mark says. He's like don't don't try to finish it from the guard. He's like open up, use it to open the guard, and when it's open, you pass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what he does. And and you know he he gets it, you, you know how it is. Like not many people played punch punch chokes these days. But when Mark started doing it on us, like it's like, dude, you feel it. It goes right up in that carotid. If you do it the if you know exactly where to go, your your pinky and your uh, your ring finger is like right up in that carotid. Um, yeah. And so um, I I you know that may have caused the tear. You know what I mean? Um, or there was a dude uh, that was coming up from Chicago um, d- around that time um, and training. So private training with Mark. Mark's got some back issues. So when he does privates, it's kind of like uh, you got to either bring somebody or else, you know, Mark usually would ask me to be like the, the dummy. And I have no problem with that. So a lot of it was, again, you know, attacking the back and back and forth, just attacking the neck. Um, so it could have been from that. It could have been from the punch chokes, but it wasn't, I don't have that one like, Oh man, I fought out of that, that choke for two minutes. It was, it wasn't anything like that, you know? So it, but what, it's just another day in the office. It was just another day in the office, but it was also the only difference is, and that's, that's the other thing is, is what we know now. So I talked to the, uh, these other guys. Um, and my other question is, is like, if you could tell, like, if you could tell a, a new beginner jiu-jitsu practitioner, like, um, you know, some some tips of advice. Obviously, um, you know, you have that conversation about hygiene, so you talk about the jiu-jitsu soap company, and and yeah. and then after that, um, you know, washing your gi, and then you have the conversation about respecting the next, but then also respecting your body. And I was talking to Josh, and he's like, "Man, he's like the the one thing that I would say to somebody. It's like if you have like if you're not feeling well, and studies have come out. He he showed me some studies that says you're more success, uh, susceptible to a stroke." Um, uh, right after, um, or a torn carotid right after a flu or an illness. And, and so like, if you have the flu and you go back into the gym, like a couple days after, cause you're feeling better, like we all do. He's like mm-hmm. the, the one thing that you could do to probably mitigate this is to, um, is to not roll with, uh, chokes or like i said like really just or white belt yeah well exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah pretty much you know um so that's one thing is it's respect having that conversation with your students say listen to your body respect your body if you, you know don't the the old days of yeah we're just gonna grind it out and it doesn't matter if you know we're you know bleeding and we have a flu or we have, you know i've i've heard of guys you know going to the gym you know with you know, you name it, some horrible things, you know, illnesses and, and yeah. staph, broken bones, broken bones, staph infections. It's like, dude, take the time off. But from a virus standpoint, especially after virus, just chill out on the neck for a couple of weeks. So that's, that's something I think you're going to, you're going to find if, if I would have, if I would have, cause remember I said that the, the week prior, I kind of felt like I had a virus. If I would have played yeah. that, like Josh told, like Josh says, 
I, I, I should have said, you know what, I'm going to roll light this week because I, I have a virus or I had one and I'm not going to do any chokes. This wouldn't have happened to me. Yeah, I mean, if, but if you deal with the, like, what if I would have done this? What yeah. if I would have done that? I mean, you'll just go crazy, right. you know, and it doesn't change no. anything. It, all you can do is just sit there and plan ahead. So with everything that, after everything happened and then you started doing your own research yep. and you really started connecting with everyone and kind of built a, yeah. starting to build a community yeah. of like survivors, I yeah, guess, if you is. will, what's, what's the the main thing that you can tell someone like as far as like prevention wise is there something that people can say like okay you go are you gonna have to go get mris or cat scans or stuff like that or like i mean you like you said it's you know don't roll after you just got sick kind of thing like what's what's something that people should really do to say hey maybe i might be at risk at Gee, this? so i mean first of all the the signs like look for the signs um you know of you know having uh some blurry vision or um, having uh, some dizziness or some numbness. See, there. See, mine was a massive stroke. A lot of people have just little mini strokes, but the mini strokes over time can cause a lot of damage and can also turn out to be a, a larger stroke if, if it's if it's not uh, uh, dealt with. So, number one, you know, just again. You know, you you and your you have to also look out for your training partners because when you're on the mats and you see somebody who's who's after class is kind of mumbling or not making sense or uh, is complaining of arm tingling or numbness, something's not right. That's the time that you need to to console that person that they might need to go seek some treatment. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is obviously is it's it's having the conversations with all your training partners and new people in in the academy to just say hey we really have to respect the next because you know stuff like this can happen no matter how healthy you are um you know stuff like this can happen i mean there is a report of a brazilian uh in brazil that died um and and they think it was you know somehow you know related to this um, you know, he, he went home after practice and, and it sounds like he just didn't get treatment and he died two or three days later. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, 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 it is, it is something that we have to, uh, be concerned about and have conversations. And then second is, you know, making sure that when we, we tell these guys, like, if you have a choke, like, here's the way to finish. Don't force it. Like, don't just move on to something else. Like, this is not IBJJ final two minutes. This is just a, a yeah. friendly roll. So, I mean, that just respecting the neck and having awareness, I think, is the first step for all of us. So, Wu Tang. Yeah. Bottom line is Wu Tang. Yep. Protect your right. neck. Oh, 100%. It is protect your neck. Two hands on the choke hand. That's funny. Two on one. Yeah. It's always two, two on one. one. Uh, well, Chris, so next month is uh, Stroke Awareness yep. Month. Um, if people want to get more information and, and really kind of, you know, they might have some questions or, or they want to help out in any way, where can they reach you? Yeah, reach me. Uh, you can you can find me on all the social channels. It's at it's BizJitsu, which is B-I-Z-J-I-T-S-U, BizJitsu. So at BizJitsu. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. 
and then um, and medium and medium is the most important so if you just go you know chokes from from BJJ's chokes you're gonna find my articles you're gonna find my YouTube videos uh, so I know I'm not a hard guy to get in touch with otherwise uh, you can email me cmartindirect at gmail.com cool and then we'll throw in the links to, to medium it's uh, medium.com at bizjitsu yep, that's it yep uh, and uh, we'll have them up on the descriptions in the uh, the iTunes and YouTube and all that stuff, so they can definitely get a hold of you. And uh, uh, anything else we need, we'll definitely get you back up there and uh, get you back on the podcast and talk some more about it, and we can get into some crazy stories. Yeah, sounds good. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, I have some more success stories over the next couple of years that I can share as well. So I appreciate no man. I appreciate you guys let me use this as a, a outlet to get the the word out. No, I appreciate you taking the time and reaching out and uh, and, uh, and coming on here and really sharing your story. I mean, it's definitely uh, kind of intense, even though we joked around and stuff. It's definitely nothing to, to scoff at, and it's something that people really should pay attention to. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a gentle art, but we're still choking the shit out of each other, and it, it does cause some damage. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing good, and uh, – we're definitely curious to see uh, all your your work and um, the benefit it does for the jujitsu community. Thank you, appreciate that. Uh, all right, um, I think that's it for us. Uh, Chris, just holding on to the line. We're going to sign off. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please make sure you follow Chris and check out at BizJitsu. Uh, follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Jujitsu Radio, and we will catch you all next time. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators off.